Hello, and welcome to SAP and Azure Talk. My name is Ravi Kashyap. And I'm Nathan Weaver. You know, Ravi, we, we've talked quite a bit about compute. Um, we've mentioned it, we've chatted about it. What we want to do today is, is to talk about a little bit of the differences between virtual machines versus what used to be called HANA large instance. Now it's kind of rebranded as Azure large instances. Ravi, I think it would be good for us to kind of walk through what are some of the things or some of the differences that we see. So if I say compute, where does your head go? Yeah, when I think about compute, any machine, virtual machine or HLIs come to my mind. The difference here is HLIs are specific to HANA databases or it were started that way. And we'll see what future brings here since now they're called Azure large instances. Talking about VM first, Azure has different series of VM such as A series, B, C, D, E. A lot of these have different specific purposes such as general purpose or high memory or high CPU. So each series is differentiated a little bit from the other one in terms of what it does. And also there are certain series that are certified for SAP. So if I were to say D series or E series are certified for SAP applications, some of the E series are for HANA as well. But when you go to bigger ones such as M series, those are most probably used for HANA databases. Azure also provides constrained CPU VMs. So if you pick a big VM uh, that has larger memory, but you don't care about CPU as much. So you could shrink the CPU or constrain the CPU and use the same memory. That's another setup to go with VMs. I don't want to say always, but I think a lot of times when I think about the application layer, uh, we definitely use D series and then E series a lot for those application servers. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but most of the D series are like a one to four ratio between CPU and RAM. In the E series, I think are mostly one to eight, if not all. I think that also helps with the reserve instances because when you talk about reserve instance flexibility, when you move from one VM to another VM, that moves in tandem with that ratio. So one is to four, for example, the next flexibility group could be two is to eight or four is to 16. Ravi, I know I, I told you this before. I've kind of gotten into some discussions. I'm using air quotes as I say discussions on some of the D series versus E series because a lot of them are rated the same level of SAPs, but the E series uh, for the same CPU number. But if you think about it, the E series are going to have more memory. So does that help out with overall performance or not? I, I think there's a balance there based on the cost numbers, but it's just kind of important to see. So that's the application layer. Talk to me about, you know, and when we say database, Really, we're talking about HANA now. We're not spending a lot of time talking about Oracle, DB2, SQL. Any, let's face it, the focus of moving forward is HANA. So when I talk about running compute for the database layer, Ravi, talk to me about that. The point that you just made about CPU to memory ratio, whether you have higher memory, but same SAPs, I think that could be useful in the database arena itself. I was talking to a customer and they said, our current on-prem environment uses more memory versus CPU. So you would like to have something which has higher memory. Yeah, Ravi, and I just thought about something, not to interrupt you here, but we're really bad about just throwing out acronyms. So let's make sure that our SAP community knows this, which I'm sure you guys do, but I'll say it anyway. So SAPS is SAP Application Performance Standard. So it's the ratio of, what is it, how many sales orders you can process through a certain period of time, and it comes up with a number, and all your certifications usually tie back to that number, and that's how you know how much power you're getting out of that CPU-RAM combination. Okay, now you can go on, Ravi. I just wanted to make sure we defined what a SAP is. <laughs> yep. Yeah, talking about HANA databases specifically, I think Azure has the biggest portfolio of HANA certified databases. It goes from 112 on the lower side to 12 terabyte on the higher side. I know that's the current one, so in future it may be even bigger than that. 
and all these larger ones belong to mainly E or M series boxes like I mentioned earlier. We talked about flexibility that comes with the reserve instances. If you're trying to use a box for a large period of time, such as for most SAP customers, you're not going to start a VM and decommission is uh, next month or something unless it's a sandbox. So if you're trying to use it for three to five years or even for one year, reserve instances are a good way to go. The way I talk about that, Ravi, I mean, those reserved instances, obviously what it basically means is you're saying you're going to spin that box up and it's your box and it's your box for every minute of the day for the period of what you've agreed to one yeah. year, three year, whatever. That's exactly what I was trying to clarify. Reserve instance in Azure terminology is more of a billing construct rather than what the reserve means in English language. One thing that you kind of touched on it, and I just want to say this back in, in a different words, <laughs> a different voice, um, but the, the commercial constructs that we have, because we have so many options available from a size perspective, you're able to grow within the family. So usually if you buy a reserved instance, most of our customers with SAP are buying what's called three-year RIs or three-year reserved instances because they come at a huge discount and compared to the pay-go or pay-as-you-go pricing. Um, which those pay-as-you-go pricing means you really want to come up with your ways to spin it up or spin it down based on how much you're actually using it. The reserved instance approach is it's going to be up. It's going to be up all the time. You don't really need to worry about that as much, and but you still get savings by reserving that for the overall period of time. You have the ability to grow within the same family without having to reset that three-year clock, right? You can stay in that family. And if you happen to leave the family, and we're pretty clear about what a family is and how that looks. But let's say that you ended up switching to M-Series or an MV1 and you had to go to an MV2 family of boxes because you were growing at a fast rate. We're still pretty lenient with you on the commercials around that, that we may require you to restart the clock if you're changing families, but we're not going to charge a lot of extra fees for the old stuff on that reserved instance. I think Microsoft is very good from a commercial perspective in working with our customers, especially if you're growing. I don't want to make any comment about commercials because that's not my area of expertise, but I do want to say that what you're talking about, that construct is reserve instance flexibility, meaning you pick one and there's a flexibility to move up and down with the same contract. Other advantages of virtual machine are scalability. So if you are another VM, just go provision it, right? Or growing the size. A lot of people just think about growing, but it applies the other way around too. If you're trying to shrink the size or you're, if you're trying to do a database cleanup or your company is split up and half the data is going away. So all these instances, it's really helpful not to just go up, but just go down and save money on that as well. Ravi, I think the virtual machines are really baked into the Azure fabric, if you will. I know I'm using some terms there that it's just, you know, think of it as just kind of being there, which means it's also going to be compatible with all the automation or all the cloud native tools and the scripting associated with it. There's really good and easy to implement reference models around high availability and around disaster recovery. I think it's kind of like you got the easy button for doing your work. But Ravi, I would ask you, what are some of the considerations when we're thinking about virtual machines? So having all these good things in place, I would say there's no real downside, but some considerations include, you know, for SAP environments, what VM SKUs are uh, to provision for your environment. Try to figure out which regions do they belong to before picking a region. SAP is considered specialized workload. So to that extent, not each and every region has M-series, for example, and probably M-series is the biggest one in the flock here. Other ones include such as when you buy a VM, there's a specific CPU and memory allocated to it. 
Similar to that, each VM has a specific throughput limitation. I say throughput limitation, but it's not necessarily a limitation because you know it's published. And if you know that you're going to exceed the throughput, you can always buy a bigger VM. It is pretty integrated with everything within Azure. So if you're using monitoring or ASR or anything, that works pretty well. In the database context, I would say if we talk about consideration, that would be how big is your database or scale up versus scale out construct. Since we mentioned that VM is available only up to 12 terabyte as of now, if you have a scale up system that goes beyond 12 terabyte or even scale out that you're trying to grow a larger bit, you might be benefited from using the HANA large instance or Azure large instances. Based on the name, HANA large instance, right? Or Azure large instances. I'm assuming those are big. What does big mean? <laughs> Definition of big can be different. I would say when it started, it used to be three terabyte. And at that time it was big, maybe five years ago, but now it goes up to 24 terabyte. And as far as the SAP is concerned, 24 terabyte is the highest or biggest scale up configuration that's certified. So if you're talking about HANA large instances, you could buy a 24 terabyte VM and install S4 HANA in scale up configuration. If you're trying to scale out, it could go up to 120 terabyte. This is where we start to realize the size of it. 24 terabyte scale up and 120 terabyte scale out is really big in my mind too. I always love the scale up versus scale out, right? Scale up, one, think of it like one machine, I can get to 24 terabytes big, right? Scale out is I'm daisy chaining things together. So the 120 terabyte scale out is, I think everything's limited to 16 total nodes, like 15 plus one, something like that is what I yeah. typically see. Is it 16 or eight, maybe one of those as a daisy chain plus one is the standby configuration. Definition of big, I get it. What's the difference between maybe, give me a couple of differences between the HANA large instances as compared to what we just talked about with VMs. Well, besides the size, right? Size is the exactly. obvious and the big one. When it comes to bare metal, the bare metal performance is another advantage of it, I would say, because if you're using a VM, it's under hypervisor. So Microsoft is buying big machines and installing hypervisor first, and then you're virtualizing that. So all this complexity does not exist in the HANA large instance since it's bare metal. It uses the NetApp storage by design. So it comes with all the good stuff that NetApp does, such as snapshots and how you configure high availability or disaster recovery using NetApp. HANA large instances used to have a different configuration where it wasn't necessarily meeting the SAP requirement of 0.7 milliseconds between database and application. It used to work well, but I think we improved that with revision four of HLI, wherein now the HANA database or HLI box reside very close to the virtual machine itself. So it not only does meet the SAP's requirement, but the performance has been getting better with the HANA large instance in conjunction with virtual machines. I kind of like the idea of these, and, and look, the HANA large instance was really where we got our start with starting to really play with SAP environments, you know, many moons ago. And I like to say, I like the term that these were purpose-built for large enterprise customers. A lot of our customers with Microsoft, I mean, I, I kind of coin us as the enterprise cloud because just our relationship with customers on them buying Windows, buying Outlook, email, all that kind of stuff. So we really play in the large enterprise well. And I think our customers, you know, back in the day were asking for this. And, and that's when we built out these purpose-built big environments. Glad you mentioned that talking about considerations, purpose build is a consideration since Microsoft is building that machine just for you. It's not just go and click a button and it's available for you. Right? So you have to work with Microsoft, give them the specs, and then it takes a couple of weeks to provision that machine just for you. Because it's purpose-built, Ravi, I'm also seeing this. I think uh, I like some of the terms that you gave before. I know you've mentioned technology spearhead, right? 
Um, I know that we just had a bunch of new HLIs, HANA large instances that were certified for leveraging the Intel Optane persistent memory. How do we make sure if the box loses power, all that stuff is stays loaded in memory? I know we just did a lot of certifications of new HANA large instance sizes based on the Optane model. I don't want to pretend like I'm an expert in that area because I know there's different ratios, a one to one, one to four, one to eight, all that kind of stuff that goes into those certifications and, and the build outs. But the point is, is that's where we did it. And that's where we've got this available now. So lots of coolness. Ravi, what are some of the things that maybe are considerations? You know, when I heard of persistent memory a couple of years ago, I knew that it was made just for HANA, right? When HANA grows bigger and bigger, you can't grow the machines in the same ratio. So persistent memory is very handy. And I think Azure is the first one to certify their machines using HANA Raj instance for Intel Optane. So that's a great thing to have. Other considerations would be integration with Azure Fabric, like you think. Talk about monitoring or backup or any automation capability. Like if you're trying to use Terraform or Ansible, you could easily provision virtual machines versus for HANA large instances or Azure large instances. Now that's not necessarily as seamless as it would be for VM. I'm with you. I'll tell you, I think that this has been a nice proving ground for not only how Microsoft and Azure was getting into the SAP space over the years, I think they're using it, at least I believe this, whether this is 100% accurate or not, I still see things moving down the path. And what I mean by things is there's new technologies that I see Microsoft open to adapting and taking an approach that I think is leveraging a lot of what we did with these initial HANA large instances. What I mean by that is SkyTap or Azure VMware solutions, specifically those two things, I think are using a lot of the same models as what we did. And I don't know about you, Ravi, but I'm super excited to see what SkyTap, which basically the SkyTap on Azure is how can you operate some of the IBM environments, whether it's the power boxes, AS400s, mainframes, whatever, how can you pick that up from your on-prem and move it into something right next to Azure, like right there, to be able to leverage a lot of the services of cloud, yet make it easy to do that initial lift and shift. Not certified for SAP yet, but I can see that being big when it is. I kind of joke about it saying that cloud is like dog years, right? So I think I've misquoted this a couple different times in the in the way that I said it. But my point that I'm trying to make is that cloud is maturing very quickly, right? So things that weren't there yesterday are there today and certified tomorrow. And it just moves at that pace. And I think SkyTap will be interesting to watch. I think the Azure VMware solution is also a very interesting solution that's going to continue to move. Obviously, there's a lot of customers out there that run and love VMware. So it's, it'll be interesting to watch that continue to grow as well. You know what that reminds me of? As Microsoft employees, I feel like there's a lot of focus on learning. They always say you don't have to know everything. You just have to get it right. And I feel like it's just not necessarily a people thing. It's just a Microsoft culture. And that shows up in Azure, the way it has grown. And like you were saying, you have something called HANA large instance. What did you learn from there? Can you do something else with it now? So I think learning part is pretty ingrained within the whole company. And it shows up everywhere. So Ravi, grab a pencil. I'm going to give you a quote. I don't know if this actually is a real quote or not. Actually, one of my old professors back in the University of Kentucky, go Cats, he used to always say, knowledge is not knowing the answer. It's knowing where to find the answer. And I used to love that. Yurk Yuromchek was my uh, professor, and I always remember that. I always remember him saying that. I agree with you, though, 100 percent, Ravi, that I, I think at Microsoft, it's based on a whole culture of learning. And I think you said it best when you and I have talked about this before, that Microsoft Azure, we're coming up with the tools and the options available to meet the customers where they are and then grow with them. 
Exactly. I like that quote very much. Meet the customers where they are. Whatever your motivations are or however you are doing things currently will meet you there or Azure will meet you there. Oh, by the way, you know what we didn't mention? We do see customers that maybe started off on HANA Large Instance move over to virtualized environments. You mentioned it too, that we're at 12 terabytes now. How big do we go and how fast do we go and how many fractional pieces along the way do we go? I, I think this is going to be another area that we see growth that it wouldn't surprise me if we've got the ability to support VMs at very large levels, even much beyond the 12 terabytes. Yeah, that's right. And I think that's because of the fact that when HLI started, it was three terabyte. And at that point, there was no three terabyte VM necessarily. So right now, let's say if somebody has their HANA box on three terabyte or six terabyte HLIs or HANA large instances, they should move to the virtual machine because of the advantages that we have talked about here. Ravi, always fun to talk to you, my friend. Yeah, I got to run. I, I got another meeting building myself up and I hope you feel better. I know you've been fighting a cold. So I think now yeah. it's about time to go and uh, get the rest of the meetings that we've got lined up done for the day and then head into the weekend. Yeah, and, uh, today is sunny here. So hopefully after the weekend, everything will be good. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. See you, Ravi.